to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. If you've been keeping count with us, it's episode 9. And we're coming up to episode 10 of the season. And, you know, we're going to... We're going to try and have some things planned, but we'll just keep that on the back burner for now. But first, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo, and I'm joined by... Uh, I am his acquaintance from USC, uh, Mr. Daniel Wynn. And joined by these two is your boy, Relly Rail, Jarrell Sales. And joining us, well, it's not a guest, but we've always we've always talked about the NBA. And guys, it's back. Yes, I don't it's, know literally, it's literally... F- back man dude i am so glad that it's back it gives me something to watch because i was actually watching some of the scrimmages and they only have 10 minute quarters which i totally get but the where the players sit the benches everyone is six feet apart it looks kind of it looks kind of like a soccer layout if you if you get what i mean like dude i've been watching mos like the mos is back tournament you can tell the nba has a as a like a significantly higher budget man it's it's like it's it's a it's literally a movie set man it's it, it looks kind of it looks kind of the court looks awesome i'll tell you that man today being wednesday uh july what is it 20 22 22nd um i i felt like a kid in a candy shop man i was on my lunch break earlier today and i was sitting here watching scrubs play the washington wizards <laughs> Hey, uh, and I mean, I'm sitting here getting excited to see some no names play. I'm I'm watching the the Nets get their asses kicked. It's awesome, like you guys said. The whole the whole feel of it. It's I I can't see how you wouldn't find this enjoyable. I don't even need the fans to be honest. It's it's I, awesome. I mean, I couldn't believe I was watching basketball. It's been like a couple months. The last game I actually saw on TV was literally the last Lakers and Clippers game. So I mean, it's been a while, and that was a good game. Yeah, and something I kind of noticed too was the the new court has Black Lives Matter written above the NBA logo. I think personally it looks pretty cool just to have yeah. that on there. I thought they were going to have it on the sidelines or something, but to actually have it within the confines of the actual court, that's a pretty nice touch. I was just going to say the camera views that they have going on is, is awesome because it's it's in the middle of the court as well. So it's like you're constantly seeing that Black Lives Matter, and just to touch up on this, because I'm thinking it's, I think it's amazing that these players during during their interviews are 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 showcasing these social justice. I, I know I'm kind of going off topic here, but Tobias Harris in his interview, I loved it because the cops that killed Breonna Taylor still need to be arrested, and they are making sure that it's being known during their interviews. And this is what we could hope for: make it be known, keep putting our foots on their necks. I mean, totally agree with you there, Jarrell. I mean, uh, it. I, I think what the NBA is doing is honestly incredible. So, can't wait. I, I can't wait for the thirty first. Thirtieth. Yeah. The thirtieth. You said yeah. Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. And Jarrell, you actually posted this up on the doc. You want to talk about it about the Houston Rockets and James Harden? Why not? Let's do something a little different. All right. So. The Houston Rockets posted a picture of James Harden with the caption, Mask Up, which Harden, per Tim Elfrink of the Washington Post, Close said, enough. Yeah, man, struggling. <laughs> the um, quote-unquote, the thin blue line mask that Harden was wearing is considered a pro-police symbol that critics have long claimed also stands for white supremacy in opposition to the Black Lives Matter movement. Harden's response on July 17th was, because it covered my whole beard, and it covered my whole beard. I thought it looked cool. That was it, according to Bleacher Report. Now, what do you, what do you guys have to say? Like, what do you guys think of uh, what James Harden did? To be completely honest, I think what James Harden did was, this is exactly, I, I to be honest, yeah, I think the, the, the mask can never be put, obviously cannot be put on the face again because what it stands for, but um, I think this honestly feels like a hundred percent James Harden move. This is something what James Harden would like do. He he, I think he was being genuine. He honestly didn't know, so I think it was honestly like an honest mistake. And you know, as long as he doesn't put it on again, and like it, it's it should. I mean, it's it's not a small deal, but I mean, it's something like you can just forgive him because that's 
that's just who James Harden is. See, I kind of have to disagree with you there because I don't know if it was just a quote unquote James Harden move, and he was in a James LA Harden with, a Harden like mistake. I don't. I still don't quite understand what that means because he was with Russell Westbrook in LA a few weeks ago protesting about Black Lives Matter. So how does he not know about that? It. I understand that he may have been, he might have thought it looks cool, but at least someone in his circle might have at least mentioned it to him. Like, hey, that is, this means that and vice versa, but I, I guess not. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. It's sometimes, just, sometimes, honestly, in life, like things go amiss. Like people just, you know, like they kind of notice something, but they just don't, don't know what to speak up about it. I mean, I don't, I'm I'm trying to convey something here, but I, I I honestly, seriously think it was an honest mistake, and I think I think his people probably did notice it, but like they didn't know like exactly like when they should tell him, if you know what I mean. That's that, interesting. You bring that up. Go ahead, Jared. No, I was just gonna say if that's the case, that's an even worse situation because then he has people around him that don't want to piss him off. They just want to kind of. Just go along for the I mean, ride. I was, I was, I wasn't trying to like say it like that. It's just like, how do I explain it? When like, when you know, like you got an off feeling, but you don't really realize it yet. And then, well, go ahead, Jim. Can, can I interrupt? Because I, I get what you're saying, Daniel. Because uh, there's somebody that was trying to defend James Harden as well. There's a rapper by the name of Young Thug, and according according to the insider. He says that James Harden was unaware he was wearing a pro police mask because the Rocket Star doesn't have internet. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. <laughs> uh... So maybe that's the defense. James Harden hasn't been on the internet. Um, I'm seeing reports also that he's deleted his Instagram page. Let me check and see if James Harden is still on social is on social media. He doesn't have internet, yet if you step outside, you're immediately using 5G. And he still doesn't have internet? This is, these are the wise words from Young Thug and not I. And James Harden has deleted his Instagram. It is not showing up. Does he have a Twitter? Let's let's find out. I don't think it's just going to be one of those things where he didn't know. I'm assuming he might have known, but for the rule of cool, he just threw it on the back and said, you know what, we'll just... It looks cool. Why not, right? I don't. I honestly don't think James Harden's intention was to harm anyone. Oh no, absolutely. I don't think so either. But I think it's just. I just. I just. I, I just. I just don't think he was one hundred percent aware. He does I, have a Twitter, and his last tweet was on May twenty second, two thousand twenty. I still don't buy the the thing where he doesn't have internet, but that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. Especially at Disneyland too. Hey. I, I I just don't I like like once again I reiterated reiterated before I just think it was an honest mistake I don't think he was a hundred percent aware I think his people were kind of aware but like they just didn't didn't feel like pushed enough to say something yet just because they they didn't know what it quite, what it quite meant as well. Hmm. Well, whatever the case may be, since we're talking about the NBA bubble, anyways, I just want to get your guys' take on this. The NBA had zero positive COVID tests when they tested everyone inside the bubble. Personally, I just think that's insane. Hey, somebody's lying. Well, I mean, hot take. Maybe. Somebody tested positive and they just not reporting it because they don't they don't want any more uh, bad publicity. That's that's what I think. I Bro. mean, at least at least they're not the MOS where they had to literally kick out. A whole team <laughs> literally had to kick out a whole wow. team because 10 people tested positive. And you've seen how stupid these players are crossing lines just to give a f- um, postmate delivery. You know what I'm saying? And you think, you come on, bro. We got J.R. Smith in the, in the league. And you don't think somebody is stupid enough to do some that sh- don't make no sense. Uh, I'm I'm clapping for it. Like I hope it's real, but it's just a part of me that's that's thinking that they, somebody lying. Bro, bet like some of someone probably tested positive, but he's probably like a a scrub, and they're just like, no, nah, it's it's too small of a player to report it. Let's just put a giant zero. It's fine. 
Exactly. Um, now I think about drill, it kind of makes sense. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked either if like Shams or like Woj came out and just blew up at a hey, that 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 news you just got you saw is bullshit. You want to know what else is BS? What? What? The bubble has a barbershop. I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, what's next? A tattoo parlor? Maybe a Gatorade sponsored gym? <laughs> That's funny. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how they can set these. Oh God! It's amazing how they could set these up in like a matter of few days with with the money they have. A barbershop, like a like a Gatorade type facility, like you name it. Jared, that was funny because it, it sounds like the f-ing, uh the 2K neighborhood, right? Dude, exactly. It, it, it's funny you brought up barbershop because I didn't watch these scrimmage games and I'm I am calling out Reggie Jackson. That mother needs to go to the barbershop because his look like some rolled up carpet. Like he ain't got his his haircut and I don't know how long. So if they got a barbershop in there, these dudes need to get their haircut because there ain't no way that you a professional athlete and you coming out there nappy as I don't know what. I mean, maybe he doesn't have enough VC. I don't know. Haircuts are expensive, man. How much is he getting paid in Detroit? Oh, Same contract, right? Yeah, he, he was getting paid a ton. Well, he's getting paid the minimum because he signed with the Clippers, right? He got he got waived by the Pistons because he wasn't producing, and then he got picked up by the Clippers. Hmm. Regardless, he got enough money to get a haircut, dog. Something. Line it up. A trim. Did y'all did y'all did y'all see him? Nah, I'm dude, calling no. him out, man. Oh Lord. I was watching the uh the Nuggets game between the Wizards. Friggin' bowl bowl balling out and he got randomly drug tested too right after the game it's really wild they came out there with with that lineup they really had Jokic at the point <laughs> oh yeah I, I saw a snippet yeah i saw it like Jokic was at the point man it's like it I'm, was kind of weird dude i'm actually interested to see how that would work out having plumley bowl bowl and what was it jeremy grant and someone else they getting they ass whooped in the west come on now look at think, think about all the guards on the defense end, which is still their problem, even when they have their guards on their team, it ain't going to work. Wait, hold up. Why wasn't Jamal Murray playing? Do you, do you guys know? Uh, <laughs> he was exhausted from his, his golf, his golfing trip. He was playing golf the other day. Hmm. <laughs> what? Okay. Really? Yes, really. I think maybe he was just kind of like held out, right? I think... I think that's what it was because I didn't I didn't see Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, or Will Barton too. I'm just glad to see NBA basketball games back because it's it's super fun just to see even if it's ten minute quarters, even if the score is seventy to sixty nine or whatever, nice or <laughs> or just like these dudes that haven't been playing for the last four months. I'm just glad to see it back more than anything. I agree. I mean, we've had NASCAR come back, MLS come back, but I think the NBA is kind of like the like when the NBA returns, it, it's going to really feel like sports has come back because you know the NBA and the NFL have that sort of power. Like, if you know what I mean. Absolutely, and something that along the lines of coming back, something that I found interesting was that KG is interested in buying the T Wolves from Glenn Taylor. Honestly, I mean, if this is true, I mean, it's kind of the best thing to happen to the Minnesota Timberwolves because Minnesota is one of those franchises that, you know, they have their good moments, but they just never get anywhere. And and KG, like, he was a player himself, and he knows what these guys are going through. I mean, I think I think in a lot of cases, players make better execs because they've been in those shoes before. So. This is this is probably the the best move to ever have the best thing to ever potentially happen to that franchise. Apart from drafting KG, of course. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I I love the feel good stories, so I'm all here for it. I hope it turns the franchise around. But I have to disagree with the statement that players make the best execs. Some do, some do. But when you give these- John Elway, John Elway, uh, uh the logo, <laughs> but logo. Uh, the Jerry logo, West. yes, Jerry West, but um, <laughs> Magic Johnson, <laughs> he's not gonna be here I, I, exactly. So, and I'm kind of okay. Anyways, I'm I'm applauding this move. I hope it's for the best. I love the feel good stories, and why not have one of you, the best player that's ever 
put on your jersey, be in the front office. The golden years of the Timberwolves was when KG was dominating the league. So go ahead. Hey, I just want to say this. I think I believe KG never really wanted to leave Minnesota. It was it was just like it was a it was a situation where he couldn't like he kind of discovered he couldn't win there, and that's how he ended up in Boston. But in the first place, KG never actually wanted to leave Minnesota. He 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 wanted to fix that situation, but he just couldn't. Yeah, no, and I totally get that from KG, and. He's that's why I guess he got traded from the Nets back to Minnesota for like his last two years, right? Because he just wanted to just be back where he started. And just to touch up on something you made, uh, a point you made about how players make the best execs. What about what about Phil Jackson? Players players tend to be better execs. Players tend to be better execs than coaches. It it's it, it kind of varies. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, sure. I, I think I think I think players tend to be better coaches than execs. Well, there's a lot of well, coaches okay, okay. that have do- played in the league, and they just haven't. Majority of our coaches played in the league. They just were trash, or they mm-hmm. weren't that good. They were they were role players. So mid level mid level players tend to be good coaches. Well, how Bill many Jackson. times you gonna change your statement, man? <laughs> <laughs> okay, choose your statement. Go. Okay, mid-level players tend to make the best coaches, but the the big superstar players tend to be better execs at the end of the day. I mean, we just mentioned Magic Johnson. Yeah, not all are successful, but they tend to they tend to the superstar players tend to end up better with better results as execs. Okay, I can name two. I I, I can only name two right now. I, the logo and and Larry Bird. He was a solid executive. But mm-hmm. um, can you name can you name two other people for me, Daniel? As a, like good execs. Yep, that were superstar players. John Elway, he 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 was the president of of football operations. Okay. Can we keep it in the realm of basketball? Keep it in the realm. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I'm making this tough. I just I just want to hear it. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> There's just a lot of examples out there. Sure. All right. But it's if if I just want to throw out a blanket statement, it's more of a hit than a miss. No, no, it's the other way. Around. It's more of a miss than a hit. Because we've seen a lot of great players try and be coaches, executives, even mid-tier players become coaches or executives, and it just hasn't panned out. I mean, we've seen Jeff Hornacek. He, he was a. I, would you guys call him like a mid-tier player? Yes, yeah. Steve Kerr was a mid-tier player, and he became a great coach. But he he was under the tutelage of Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich, and he took all the principles he learned from Mike D'Antoni in Phoenix, molded them all together, and created uh, the Warriors dynasty. So, There's a lot of NBA players, former NBA players, that are coaches right now. It's crazy. Some, but, be- some, some turned out better than others. Uh we we all know Derek Fisher and Luke Walton kind of went the you know. I mean Derek Fisher coaching the WNBA. He he doing decent, I guess. Luke yeah. Walton. Luke, Luke. I actually thought Luke Walton had a chance to be a good coach, but it didn't pan that way at all. Yeah, Bill Lambeer is also coaching in the WNBA, so that's cool. Speaking of the WNBA, the season starts on July twenty fifth. So by the time this comes out, it will have been. T minus twenty four hours before the the WNBA starts, and it's gonna it's gonna premiere with the New York Liberty taking on the Seattle Storm. Yes, uh, Sabrina, Sabrina Sabrina Ionescu Sabrina Ionescu is a is a beast. She's a beast. <laughs> and say it one more time. Say it one more time, Dan. She's a beast, man. There we go. All right, go, she, Jared, go ahead. <laughs> okay, three times the charm, but she's actually taking on another beast in the twenty. 18 WNBA MVP Brianna Stewart. She missed all of last year after rupturing her right Achilles. So this is going to be a good matchup. I think so. I'm just because I saw Sabrina play. I'm taking her. Dude, Sabrina is going to be a superstar. I'm guaranteeing right now. I mean, she's going to sell. I think she's just that captivating. I don't. I don't know. She's going to be like. I I doubt she. She won't even come close to like LeBron or Kobe. Big. 
but like she's she's gonna be like a popular brand a, a player she's gonna sell a lot of, she's gonna sell a lot of stuff man it, her jerseys her jersey sales are gonna rival a lot of male players for years to come yeah i mean her jersey sold out within an hour of her being drafted number one overall so can we talk about some more good news i believe all three the triple header Saturday and Sunday of our WNBA games will be nationally televised. Hey, where are they playing it at, man? Where's it? Uh, where's it showing? Oh shoot, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> but the games will be at nine a.m. That Liberty versus Storm game will be at nine a.m. And the Sky against the Aces at twelve p.m. And then Fever and Mystics will be at two p.m. on Saturday. I'm not trying to offend anyone here, but w- would it benefit Watch. the league if? All the teams, you know, like, you know, the Sparks gained the Lakers name. Would it would uh, it benefit the No. I have the channels. <laughs> Y'all ready no, for right, it? Go ahead. Okay. So um the Seattle versus New York will be on ESPN, nine nine, nine AM. Uh twelve PM game, Los Angeles. Sparks versus Phoenix, ABC, and then our two o'clock game. Oh, snap. Yeah, in our 2 o'clock game, Indiana at Washington, CBS. Interesting. I'm, I'm kind of curious about the the Mystics and how they're going to play because they still have that, that thing going on with uh, Elena Deladon. So True. who knows if, if she's going to play, but that's interesting. But going back to Daniel's point about the, the Sparks taking the Lakers name, I don't think that would be good for them because they want to have their own brand. So... It just wouldn't make I mean, sense for them to it, be called the Los Angeles Lakers. And then again. what is it going to be? Lady Lakers? That's bull. Let them have their own team name. And I, sorry for interrupting. Um, just real quick. Phoenix Mercury about to be a problem. That's where my brain fart was at. Because Skylar Diggins is on the Phoenix Mercury. They still have De- De- Diana. Tyra, I can't pronounce her last name. And Brittany Yes. That's a big three right there, dog. So they're going to be a problem. Absolutely. They look like they're pretty good. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. They look like the team to beat. I mean, absolutely. Like, kind of back to my previous point. I'll, I'll keep it short. The reason I kind of brought it up is because they kind of have the, the they do that in Europe, where the same where the where the same club has both a female and men's team, and do they do it in Australia as well? So, like, I, that's why I kind of brought it up. Like, it it okay. it just gives me a high school feel. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, going back to our armor mater, Daniel, uh, the Lady Lancers. Like, what? Like, it, it's just, I don't know. It just feels demeaning. Let me have my own name. I get what you're saying, though. That's low-key kind of cool. I'm not going to lie to you. But I just, like, you're not going to call, you're not going to say, like, if we're talking about the Lakers, we're going to obviously think the the NBA Lakers. You're not going to think WNBA. They have to have their own name. They have to have their own identity. You're not going to call them the Lady Lakers. L- like, you know what I'm saying? L-A-L-L. Yeah, um, abbreviation. You feel me? Like, because you can't call them the exact name because we already know what the team is. You're gonna have to say "lady," whatever the team name is. The Lady Spurs. The Lady Spurs. I mean, I mean, with the with the Spurs type thing, they call them the uh, the San Antonio Stars. See, so yeah, that's fine. I think that's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't mean any offense. I didn't mean any offense. No, there's no offense. It's just from a marketing standpoint, it just doesn't make a whole ton of sense because if like a little girl's watching the LA Lakers and then she's trying to look for the Lady Lakers, it's kind of confusing, right? Because obviously it's a basketball, but it's it just doesn't make a whole ton of marketing sense. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I kind of see the point now. Yeah, and you guys want to switch gears here a little bit? Still talking about things that don't make a ton of marketing sense? Sure. What? What is it? So the NFL is taking a ton of heat from some of its bigger stars in Patrick Mahomes, J.J. Watt, Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, among others, because there's not really a clear plan regarding how the season's going to play and with regards to COVID. And one of the things that these players brought up was they don't know how frequently they're going to get tested, what any of the protocols are, and just the overall uncertainty of the entire situation. And under the collective bargaining agreement, the league actually has the right to impose report dates and teams, well, excuse me, and teams can find players if they don't show up. So personally, I think that's kind of like a dick move on the NFL's part, but it's not the first time the NFL is engaged in dick moves, but that's just me. What do you guys think? The, the NFL has been the most corporate 
like entity in American sports for a long time is like they they feel like the evil empire compared to the other leagues. But then again, uh, that's just another point for another day. This is going to be hard to pull off. Football has the hardest the hardest task to pull off during this crisis because there's 53 men on a roster, on a single roster. Each team has 53 men competing, okay? And, like, it's it's hard to control 53 guys. I mean, and like, a lot – and football's a lot of contact. Like, there's certain roles to play. I mean, if the NFL is not careful, I mean, this, this is going to be a – like bigger than what the NBA or even Major League Soccer or Major League Baseball has faced so far because there's just just the fact because there's just more people to deal with in this sport. I see the point that you're making, Daniel, and this just it, it helps me grow my appreciation for the NBA because this is the only organization I feel that has been clear, cut, precise and give us a good product. Why, why is the organization withholding information as far as their plans go? I know they don't want to be like the MLB when just throwing out random facts or random things every other week, but you got to let your players know something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like definitely like completely understand like what you're trying to say, Jarrell. It's, it's just it, – this is kind of proof that the, like, the NFL really doesn't give a about its players here. Like, and it's kind of weird that they don't even have a plan yet. Man, like this is the this is the hardest sport that's going to be hardest to pull off during COVID, and the fact that you don't have a plan yet is it's kind of criminal. So, and what we're in what July now? Yeah, we got two months. Like season starts around September. That's not a lot of time. So, Roger Goodell's got to get his head out of his ass and like put something for out there to look at. The fact of the matter is the NFL had such a huge head start with everything like the NBA, MLB, MLS, NHL. They had to do this on the fly. The NFL had what? How long has it been since everything shut down? Four months at least? Since March. Yeah. Yeah, they had four months to do something and they've gotten damn near nothing. That's like you said, Daniel, that's criminal. That's really bad. That's a bad look. They do have one thing. They have suggestions for different helmets that are going to protect players. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's the only news I've heard. And, and, and Patrick Mahomes getting that huge contract. Wow. Priorities, I mean, man. I have a hard time imagining an NFL bubble, okay? Like, like the, the NBA bubble is probably, like, big that's enough to, con- to control, man. But, like, how the hell are you going to control that? You and, know what they should do? They should they should section it off. Like I guess just divisions. Play in your division. That's your little bubble because that's your area. And then have the best teams go out and play. They're gonna have to like restructure everything. To be honest, it's that's kind of like what the MLB did. And we'll get to the MLB in a in a full second here. But the MLB cordoned off their because you know there's two leagues, right? They kind of yeah. They sectioned off each of the divisions with whatever team is on that division on the league. So they'll have the NL West play with the AL West, and then they'll have the NL Central play with the AL Central. I guess kind of like that. The NFL has got a lot of homework to do, man. It's this, 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 this thing like should have been planned months ago. Yeah. And logistically speaking, it's going to be very difficult for them to work, to try and work things out because there's so many different teams in the middle of the United States. Whereas going back to the baseball example, everyone's kind of just clustered up in the, the in Northeast. their little area. Yeah, like the Northeast teams are there. The Central teams are there. The Southeast teams, the Floridas, the Georgias of the world, they're there. The California teams just have to go up and down the coast. There's not really anything in the middle, so... That's why I think the the NFL is more evenly spread out than than most other leagues out there, and that's why that's another reason why I think the NFL has the hardest task to do. So I mean, most contact too. Yeah, most contact. It, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be hell. And they had four months head start. Just to throw that out there again, they had four <laughs> months to figure this out, and they didn't. So. Okay, 
they still got time. Maybe they're just withholding information like they're currently doing now. Seems like a trend. Wouldn't be the first time. But something else that's been with, withheld from us but then has made the, the light of day, New York Jets owner Woody Johnson is accused of racism. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't really shock me. It's it's the NFL. And, yeah. And, and, and he's one of the... He's on one of those franchises that hasn't really won anything in the last 40, 50 years. Damn, so. they used to be a Jets fan. Uh, I'm not gonna go into that, Jarrell. That's <laughs> that's, that's that my past my past is criminal up till the Rams came back to Los Angeles. Uh so check this. I don't know if you guys saw what allegations are being made, but apparently, or allegedly I should say. Johnson made racist comments about black men and questioned the purpose of Black History Month. He allegedly argued that black fathers don't remain with their families, calling that the real challenge. And going into it a little bit deeper, uh, CNN reported that Johnson would comment on women's appearances at the embassy because he is, you know, an appointed member of the government, I guess. He would make comments on women's appearances at the embassy and public events and preferred working with women because they are cheaper and work harder. The hell? And (laughs) he would reportedly hold gatherings at men's only clubs, preventing female diplomats from attending before another diplomat told him to stop the practice. That's according to CNN and ESPN. He's a a idiot. He's an asshole, yeah. He's the biggest turd. He's He's the biggest turd. And the thing is, too, that it really kind of irks me a little bit, a little bit more than everything else that's been that's being said. He's the ambassador to the United Kingdom. He's the U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom. So take take from that what you will. He, um, he's ignorant and he treats people like toys. There's there's a lot to summarize here, but that's the first thing that, you know, comes to my mind. Okay. My question is, this is the begging question. As an NFL player, I could do the slightest, the the most, like I wouldn't say innocent, but the most minute thing, and I'm going to get criticized, I'm going to get fined, all of this and all of that. Is he getting any reprimations for this? Is he is he getting in trouble for this? Like, you, your, your dirty laundry is out there, and it better not be no bullshit like they did with Ben Roethlisberger. Like, dog. You are, a, you are in a public – you are the face of your team, basically. And I mean, you're doing some ignorant stuff, like you guys said, and some stereotypical stuff. And not only racism, sexism, what the f- – there's a lot of shit that's wrong with, with, with this guy. I, what is his name again? <laughs> Woody Johnson. Woody, Woody Johnson. Woody. I mean, this just Woody. Tells me, this, this Woody. Just tells me, this just tells me, like, no wonder why the Jets haven't won in four, if I, four or five decades. It's this because they have a fucking idiot at the at the at the front of the ship. That is why. Woody, what and do you do next? What do you do next? I'm not so playing for him. That's a great point because <laughs> Jamal Adams actually wanted to get traded because of you know everything that's going on. And well, okay, let me let me back that up. He wanted to get traded, traded because was. something to do with his contract, right? Contract negotiations and. I think this is one of those things that will just kick him off. And the NFL is aware of what's going on, and it's referred questions to the State Department, according to a league spokesman and according to ESPN. So, I weird. mean, it's totally weird, dude. It just, I mean, it, it reeks of, you know, Mr. Donald Sterling. So, like, how do these people get to own these teams? I mean, Obviously, they probably it's obviously the the money they their families gave them, but man, like it, it amazes me like what people come through the door in these type of situations, and what these what kind of cats owns these mega million mega million mega billion like money making teams. There, there's got to be a bigger vetting process here. Yeah, I mean, he bought the team in two thousand for six hundred thirty five million dollars, so. I mean, like we're, we we keep seeing these like these type of people getting getting to getting full access to own these teams. I mean, the NFL has these all these sports leagues. They they've gotta vet these people better. 
Because if they don't vet these people better, we're going to have incidents like this asshole and Mr. Donald Sterling. So, Absolutely. I, yep. Absolutely. There's got to be a stricter process, a stricter rule, set of rules of owning an NFL, NBA, whatever sports league, you name it. There's got to be a stricter set of rules. You yeah. must, all these people have to follow. So with everything being said, G, what do you think? Trade Jamal Adams to the Eagles. That is the solution to this problem. Okay. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't blame him if he went to the Eagles. Hey, at least the Eagles and the Jets have one big difference. The Eagles have one of the best owners in the NFL, and it's clear that the New York Jets have one of the worst. So it wouldn't be a bad situation Facts. for Jamal. Because Woody, Woody, Fuck Woody. And I ain't talking about Toy Story. All right. But speaking of which, just switching gears a little bit to something a little bit more. I don't know if it's good, bad, indifferent, whatever you, you might think about this particular set of news stories. But MLB, the season starts on the 23rd. After months and months of all these labor negotiations being so public, the MLB, it's back on July 23rd. So by the time you listen to this, it will have already started. And by then, hopefully the Toronto Blue Jays would try to figure out their home field situation because according to multiple reports, the Canadian government says the Toronto Blue Jays can't play in Toronto. The main fear is because of all the cross-border traveling, somewhere along the line, someone might get COVID. And because Canada has done a remarkable job in keeping COVID numbers down, they don't want that to go the other direction. So that's why they're kind of saying, hey, we know you're called the Toronto Blue Jays, but you just can't play in Toronto. And it's interesting because the Blue Jays would have to travel to hotspots like Florida and Georgia to keep within their within their schedule. And one of the things that, again, the Canadian government was afraid of was that teams would arrive in Toronto on a, on a weekly basis, and the government said that the frequent back and forth would, quote, not adequately protect Canadians' health and safety, per Axios. And as of now, the Blue Jays are going to be playing a game soon, but they still don't have a home field. And personally, I think that is really unfair, because if you're a player and you're excited for the season to start after the debacle that happened... And yet you don't know where you're actually going to be playing at home, where your home field is. That would mess up with my psyche a lot. Uh, I see what you're saying there, Jared. But at the same time, I can't really blame the Canadian government. I mean, I think what they're, they're just trying to do what's best for their, you know, for the country. So, but at the same time, yeah, it is very unfair to the, to this Blue Jays team. And, you know, hopefully they find a home soon, but. I could see both sides of the argument here. I agree with you. Um, I think mentally it is, it'll be draining because not only do you have your home field, but you're in your hometown, you're with your family, you're where you're at majority of the year, if if that. So that can have an effect on their play. So if they don't have a, a stationary place of living, a stationary place to play, this is ultimately going to lead to what? A downfall for the Blue Jays as far as when they – have to uh face other teams yeah and there have been talks about potentially playing in pittsburgh because the pittsburgh pirates they were willing to share their facilities but that got shut down by the by the pittsburgh government so you know it's it's just a weird situation to find yourself in and most of these guys that are playing on the blue jays they're you know around they're under 27 they're a young bright intriguing core think the new orleans pelicans right they have a young intriguing core and those teams tend to thrive off crowds more and just being at home generally but when they don't have a place to call home i mean what are their prospects going to look like for the season because a lot of them have barely any experience in an mlb and yet they're faced with this thing so i i can only imagine what they're going through like aren't the blue jays a a young and up and coming franchise but they're kind of still rebuilding they were rebuilding, but they have a lot of good young pieces that... Vlad Jr. Vlad, Vlad Jr., yeah. Uh, Guriel is another one. Bo Bichette's looking pretty good. There's a lot of these young pieces. Plus, Hinjin Ru just signed that massive deal with the Blue Jays. So they have their ace. They have 
a good portion of their lineup that's still relatively actually they're very young and they could make some noise but the thing is where can they make the noise if they don't have a home field for a young team i I mean i mean there's a lot of bad here but potentially even if the season doesn't go really well at least they can take a learning experience from that thing and just hope for the best next year because you know that the core the core can go has multiple years left obviously with regards to multiple years left, we don't necessarily know how long this COVID-19 situation is going to last, but according to some of the tests that the MOB has taken, 6 out of 10,548 people, again, that's 6 out of 10,548 people tested positive for the virus. And that's a, a good sign. And it's kind of interesting because... With that low number, even though the virus is deadly, don't ask me how I know, MLB is actually thinking about allowing fans in the stands at a later date, provided that everything gets better. And just to wrap up the COVID-related news, at least for the MLB front, Dr. Fauci will actually throw out the first pitch for the Nationals. So uh, a bunch of good things there. If, if anything, uh, this crisis of the people involved, Dr. Doctor Doctor Fauci is the uh, the obvious hero here. I mean, other you know, there's there's been other politicians, you know, I'm not gonna name names, that have been saying all the all the stupid things you could ever think of. And you know, Doctor Fauci, this guy has been you know the the voice in the room that's tried to get attention of these politicians the best he can. And you know, even though he hasn't always succeeded all the time, I think he deserves to be applauded for his efforts. I'll clap for him. <laughs> I think a lot of us will, man. A lot of us will. And he's one of the few good guys in this situation. He he truly is. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what he's done, even in the face of almost insurmountable odds, especially since the leader of your country is literally going against everything you say, he's doing a fantastic job. Hats off, applause to him, everything good. It's that's a wonderful thing he's done, and who better to lead us into the next, you know, the next year, the next season, whatever else, than a person who's a person like him, basically. One more noteworthy thing about MLB today, the Dodgers and Mookie Betts have come to an agreement. It's a, an extension slash mega deal, 12 years, $365 million per Jeff Passan of ESPN. I think that's great. I'm not a Dodger fan, but at least they have a solid piece there. He's only 27. So good on good on the Dodgers and good on Mookie Betts. Is Mookie Betts a – is he really a – am I getting something wrong here? I don't perceive that Mookie Betts as a power hitter. Is I, I'm not a big baseball fan, but like I need your opinion here, like Jared. So he, he is – I wouldn't say he's a power hitter. Is, right? he, is he a speed-stealing bases guy? He can hit for power – and he's been hitting for average. And that's the most important thing. Like when you say power hitter, I think of like the Chris Davies, Chris Davis, Davises of the world, or like the Albert Pujols. But he's like a Mike Trout light. Let's put it that way. I'm going to admit, at first, I wasn't exactly a big fan of the deal because, I mean, does he rely more on his athleticism? Than, than skill or he's just a generally good player like a, he's just a great all-around player be it athleticism or whatever else he's just a really good player and it's because i i have mixed feelings on this contract because at the end of the day i i know in the fit i know in the first six years he's gonna excel right what i'm worried about is the bottom half of the contract the next the six years after the midway point when he because the contract won't be won't be done until at least he's nearly 40, man. So the second half is when he's not in his prime anymore. So, I mean, if he, because if he falls off a cliff, like right in the middle of the contract, like kind of like how Pujols did, I mean, that's going to be a lot of wasted money right there. So, I mean, I have mixed opinions on the deal. It, it Like the big question is, can, can Mookie, like, does he have that much staying power? I think so, because he is a very durable player since entering the league, at least playing full-time, he's played fewer than 150 games twice in his career. So he's a fairly durable player. I think that 
I think this is great for the Dodgers. I mean, as a Cardinals fan, we have our own issues in the outfield because we have so many damn outfielders, but I think this is good for the Dodgers, honestly. And I, I was just going to say, like, you have you have to take that chance. This is, I don't think, I don't know if he's a generational player, but he's a pretty good player. And just like the situation with Patrick Mahomes, you got to take that chance and lock him in if you're the Dodgers, right, Dale? I see what you're trying to, what you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, I, I've, I've, I've heard, I'm not a big uh, baseball fan, but I've heard the Dodgers always are that team that's almost there. Like, God, if this would have happened. So if they have a player that is is can possibly be an X factor for at least six years, why not bank on that? Worry about yeah, the later six years late when when it, when that time comes. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, he's, a, he's only 27. So you have that's, at least six years of that, good production. That's why I asked, like – these big contracts, it really depends what player you give it to. Some players, like like a Derrick Rose, you would never give a twelve year contract to, because of the of the play style. That's why. But I my, my thing, my thing is, before Derrick Rose got injured, you telling me after that MVP season, you would not give him a twelve year contract if you're the Chicago Bulls and pre injury, not knowing I'm, he got injured. I'm gonna have the guts and say no. I will not even. <laughs> Look, look, Russell. But you get Patrick Mahomes uh, a 10-year contract, though. We get Patrick Mahomes a 10-year contract. But we're not going to give – is it Derrick Rose the youngest MVP? Yeah, he is. Look, look And we're not going to give the youngest MVP because in that was football, going to the with LBJ? Because, because in football, there's like – you have a thing called the offensive line, okay? And at the end of the day, the biggest thing for a quarterback is as long as you can still pass the ball, you don't – you can lose your mobility and all that. You can still theoretically be fine as long as you have a good protection around you. So that's why I said, Patrick, this is good for – it was it made sense what the Chiefs did because, you know, Patrick Mahomes, if he can take care of his body, can play until he's 45 as long as he had good protection and a good roster around him. Baseball, you're saying, baseball and basketball are a bit different. Brother, but you're saying if. You're saying if. That key word. On top of that, if we're thinking about the greats in the NBA history, they have what makes them great. What is a part of their legacy that makes them awesome? Longevity. The best players in the NBA last a long time. So you're telling me the youngest MVP in league history at the time, if you're Chicago Bulls and Wait, you had the option to give him a 10-year contract, you won't do that. Players like Steve Francis, Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook – they don't tend to last as long. Steve Francis, because he was athletic. Okay, but um, <laughs> it's still it's still getting to my point with with uh, the with athletic players, players that re- players that rely on their athleticism tend to fall off a cliff sooner than other players. Okay, sure, but what about LeBron? LeBron? He's he's probably he, the he, most athletic player in NBA on, history. He relies on other parts of his game. Facilitate Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. He had skills. So uh, you telling me that Derrick Rose? The youngest fucking MVP ever. You, we, we, this, that was a freak as accident. We, you can't Absolutely. say that about Derrick Rose. Because Derrick Rose would have fallen off in his early, early to mid thirties. You, anyway. you, 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 you can't we, we say that, that though, because the greatest players change their game. You know what I'm saying? And this is going back to my point with athleticism. Derrick Rose wasn't a bum. He didn't strictly. He wasn't a bum. He wasn't a bum. But his just, play style would have meant he probably has a bigger chance of falling off earlier than other players would. But wouldn't that make sense for LeBron James too? Because the dude didn't have an outside shot until 2010. He was relying strictly on his athleticism. In 2007, when the Spurs beat the Cavs, they literally just let him shoot whenever he wanted because they knew they could just cordon out the paint because that's his main of attack. Derrick Rose never got that chance to develop his skill further. I understand he relied on his athleticism. But he, like I said, he's not a bum. He's not Derrick Jones Jr. He is not Shannon Brown. He didn't come in here. Trying, I wasn't trying to say he's a, he was a bum. I didn't say he's a bum. He, Derrick Rose wasn't a bum. What, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is your argument about him relying on athleticism as if he was 27, 28 years old, and then he f***ed up his knee. He f***ed up his knee. Uh, he, he got injured at 22, 23 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't even get a chance. He hasn't... He didn't even reach his prime. Bro got MVP before he reached his prime. And you telling me if I'm the executive general manager, player, uh, president of player operations, I, if I had the opportunity to sign him for 10 plus years, I would have did it. I would have did it with LeBron James. I would have did it with Michael Jordan. Fuck all that. You heard that what they gave to Scottie Pippen. They gave him seven years. That's unheard of. 
Who? What other NBA player you know got a seven-year contract? Dude, think about it this way, right? In the two years after his rookie season, he was both like he was on the All-Star team twice. That's how good he was. He was putting up twenty points, twenty plus. That got to be more and than athleticism to me. I'm sorry. According to Basketball Reference, in the two years before his injury, right, he averaged twenty-two points, six point nine assists, nice, and three point nine rebounds. That's pretty good, man. I if if that guy was on my squad and he just won an MVP, dude, I would like, I wouldn't mind giving him a ten million dollar or ten year contract. Why not? Do is an MVP. In all honesty, I we, they didn't he didn't bring home the championship, right? But you can honestly compare that to Patrick Mahomes. That's what Patrick Mahomes doing. He's he's one of the youngest quarterbacks. So he's getting all these accolades. He is he has a rocket for an arm. He is so successful and it shows in his stats and he leads his team. And he was rewarded. So my thing is, this was your argument before. Patrick Mahomes deserves it. You gotta give it, you gotta give it to him. So my thing is, why does this not carry over to a franchise cornerstone player? And I think that it's clouding our judgment because we're thinking about the injury. But if in all honesty, how many of our greats are fucking athletic? <laughs> you gotta be athletic you gotta be somewhat athletic you might not showcase it like say for instance Kawhi Leonard is, a, is an athletic player yet he is not flashy with it he's more grounded than anything exactly but he, yeah. he, can, he can get up when necessary he will do it but he, he he's sort of like Tim Duncan have you seen young Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan was, was athletic as well I, I feel like he was too Kevin Garnett, Dude. Ray Allen these dudes are great players are athletic and then what happens? They changed their game. Ray Allen came in dunking on mofos left and right. Now, guess what? He's the best shooter, one of the best shooters in NBA history. So to 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 make that point on Derrick Rose and say that he was just going to run out, I just can't say that because he didn't get a chance. It was a freak accident, just like Sean Livingston. Not the same player, but it's just freak accident. I would have gave him a contract. I that's just me personally. I would if I had the opportunity to give Derrick Rose a ten year contract, LeBron James a ten year contract, I would do it. Vince Carter, I would do it. That's my cornerstone player. Especially the Bulls, because what what success have they had since MJ? Uh, this it's the same. It's the same. Shit. I'm sorry. It's the same. Shit. I want success. Derrick Rose is my success. I would have gave it to him, dude. You and me both. I would have given him five or seven years. <laughs> okay. Ah. Uh, all right. All right. Well, let's. I'm just gonna breeze through these quick hitters a little bit before we move on to uh, the video game portion of the podcast, but. Serena Williams co-owns a new NWSL soccer league team that's set to play in LA in 2022. So that's a pretty cool thing. Shout out to Serena Williams and the rest of the owners for bringing that, bringing a franchise to LA because I think that'd be pretty cool. There's a lot of talent here in in Los Angeles. And just a, a few more things here. The Last Dance is available on Netflix and Liverpool wins the Premier League after a 5-3 win over Chelsea. So shout out to them. And now, Ghost of Tsushima. And, gee, I know you've been playing this a ton, so you want to give us a little bit of uh, of your thoughts on it? <laughs> uh, I think you should get it, Daniel. Ghost of Tsushima, it, it's a pretty awesome game. I'm not going to lie. Initially, for me, I'm not going to give spoilers, but I want to give you insight on the game itself initially for me as far as like the storyline it kind of started off slow but as you you get into it a little bit more you kind of get the hang of things and you kind of see the complexity within the game i like to relate it to the witcher 3 in the sense of the open worldness the little side missions your main quest your ability to put uh different skills in different sections of your character like there's so many different things you can upgrade um the there's a little creativity i guess or not creativity but customization as far as your characters what you wear and what what i find to be the best thing is you can do mish every mission has value to it it's a reward and you can ultimately build the samurai or the samurai that you want so there might be a specific mission where and I posted this on Entertainment's Paradise, a little gameplay, where you learn a thing. Uh, I learned a, a move called the Heavenly Strike. And these are things you can implement within your fighting style. So that customization and creativity as far as how I want to attack a certain person, attack a certain group of people, and the different methods of of handling those situations, I think that's awesome. They they very, they very pay 
close attention to detail with that. And of course, visually, it, it's it's awesome. Yeah. So if you're thinking about getting it, Daniel, I, I suggest you do. I think you will enjoy it. My cousin gave me a copy. Me and him grabbed a copy of The Witcher 3 last weekend. And uh, it's it's been pretty fun so far. So if you enjoy The Witcher 3, you will most definitely enjoy Ghost of Tsushima. Something that, with regards to Witcher 3, it, like I said a few weeks ago, it's available on Xbox Game Pass. And one of the things that is going to be included in Xbox Game Pass in a few months is Xbox Project X Cloud. That was a weird way of saying that, so I'll say it again. Xbox Project X Cloud. It's, uh, have you guys heard of uh, Google Stadia? Oh, definitely. I think... Hot take here. I, I actually think Google Stadium may not hit it big, but something like it will come, and that will be the future of gaming. Which is what Project X Cloud is going to be. So it's basically going to be the same basic concept as Stadia. You can stream games on your phone. You could stream games wherever. And I'm personally excited for it because as an avid Xbox gamer, I'm excited to have my games on the go wherever I may be. So hopefully the the quality isn't quality. I mean, graphics and whatever else isn't as bad, but I'm down with it. I, can... I mean, I think, I think we're because streaming movies is different than streaming games. Streaming games is a completely different beast. Okay. Games are much, much harder to handle for any type of hardware. So this, this concept of streaming video games it's gonna take time, okay? Um, but as but like I said, like you know, to my couple couple of my friends before this before all this happened, we, we actually talked about the subject. Um, the internet is consistently getting better. The technology is getting stronger on the internet year in and year out. It's it's entering more homes across the globe. So as the internet becomes better, the more the more efficient this streaming video games will become. So twenty in 15 20 years time streaming video games is going to be going to be easy it's it's going to be finally it's going to finally hit it hit its stride so but this type of thing is going to take time though so will xbox i i'm rooting for xbox project x cloud but i i mean i'm cautiously optimistic because this thing this thing i feel like this this topic is going to take a while to develop xbox has to do something because exclusively wise, gaming wise, I have I own both uh, PlayStation Four and Xbox One, and Xbox is getting beat to to me as far as in the gaming realm. So they have to do something. I don't think it's gonna be that bad. If you look at, you can go download uh, NBA Two K Twenty on your on your iPhone, and the quality isn't bad. It's not bad. It's like Xbox Three Sixty quality, maybe a little bit better. I don't I don't think that's that's bad. I mean, especially if you waiting to get an oil change, you want to pop up your phone and start playing a game this is my first time hearing of it i think it's a pretty cool idea they need to bring out something other than the big ass little mini fridge console they got coming out <laughs> I, I just i just think it's we're like kind of 20 years away from this becoming the full norm because the technology is going to be hard to develop gotta but somewhere. but we are making great strides and stadia and uh, this xbox project is is a good sign it's the sign of that yeah, and since we were talking about strides and bad things, on the complete flip side of that, we were talking about Ubisoft a few weeks ago, and a report on Ubisoft actually came out a few days ago, and it started, It detailed how their entire, not their entire, but parts of their company was kind of like a frat house culture, um, where everything was based on sexism and abuse. One of the main things that I saw was some heads of, you know, developers, well, not developers, but some heads of these different parts, these different branches of Ubisoft were making sexist comments towards female employees. Games were made specifically to focus on male characters. And I think this is the most abhorrent one. Some parts of the company actually called John Boyega the the black lead of star wars a monkey and you know it's just these things that show that no matter how how progressive we feel like some industries are there's still going to be things like this that shows how 
how wrong we are and in the way you know of like i've seen it a lot particularly i mean not obviously not everyone in the gaming world's like this but i've seen it particularly hit with this type of industry like but it kind of confuses me at the same sorry for interrupting jared it kind of it like confuses me at the same time like of all the people that would do like you know you know kind of have this type of culture i would think the gaming industry would be the culture that would be the industry that doesn't really involve itself in this culture because um the the gaming of all the industries like i'm kind of surprised if the gaming industry does this has this type of culture the most because growing up gamers were often like considered the niche part of society the 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 people that were often you know you know cast off and bullied so for for a lot of people in the gaming industry to to commit to this type of culture it's 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 kind of weird you would think that the people in the gaming industry would be the most progressive, but it turns out, no. It, a lot of this, a lot of this culture is found in the gaming industry the most, in my experience. Uh, you could go on Twitter right now and find uh, a video of somebody doing like share play with their uh, audio party, and you go find the most racist, the most ignorant people in the, in these chats. Cause it's, it's kind of weird because, like they like growing up, these these type of people were often the most cast off, like niche. But my thing, like my thing is, there's no face. Like all you're hearing is my voice, so I can be the most stupidest person on this mic because you ain't gonna do anything. And and as sad as I have, uh, as sad as it is, this it's like the norm. Like it, it sucks. It's bullshit. But like. You wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it from a production company. You know what I'm saying? I would expect it from the gamers, but that's what, that's wild. Yeah. And in the wake of everything going on, a lot of executives have stepped down because there have been, you know, accusations of all these horrible things. So with these people stepping down, obviously there has to be some, basically the saying, if there's smoke, there's fire, right? Yeah. Just a. Just to try and switch gears a little bit, a few more things here before we wrap up. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a leak. I think Amazon leaked it, but PS5 pre-orders, they're only limited to one person. I don't know who's going to buy another PS5 because we don't know how much it's going to cost. It's probably going to cost like $500, and I'm pretty sure no one really has $1,000 to just throw around, but that's the thing. Oh, I mean, wow, $1,000? I mean, good luck selling. I mean, okay, we don't know if it's $1,000 for two PlayStations, but because of the pre-orders being limited to one person, I think they're just potentially scheming to see what the Xbox is doing, what Microsoft is doing, and then they'll go from there. Uh, I'm not purchasing this this system anyway, so it doesn't matter to me. It is what it is. Uh, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's a new system. It's going to have to. It's going to take time to develop its own catalog of games. Fair enough. And one, we're going to end off on a good note here, but an article by The Guardian said that playing video games doesn't correlate to violent behavior, according to analysis Uh of 28 global studies dating back to 2008. So there you go, all you haters out there. I can't even see you right now. I I see this type of similar attitude towards wrestling. It was apparent in my family growing up, like... my mom thought every time I got when I got angry, it was because I was watching too much wrestling. So it's kind of the same thing here. It's it's these type of attitudes are so fucking stupid. I mean, like if you don't want your kids to be violent, teach them, you know, raise them right. It has like video games, wrestling, mo- like violent movies. It's it it's it has a limited role in how your kid turns out. As long as you teach your kid what's right and wrong properly and teach him teach him in a responsible way how to watch these watch these or like play these type of entertainment you're fine you're fine it's it's lim- like the results are limited so like it it's more on the parents than anything it's a bailout what what i know we're getting deep with this but um when you see your son your daughter getting upset from the video game instead of blaming it on the video game talk to them 
and let them know how to challenge cha channel that energy. It's just like if you're playing sports, we all get competitive, right? And when we play a video game, we're competitive against the video game. So just like if I'm playing basketball as an eight year old and I lose, I get upset. So if I'm playing uh, WWE and I'm uh, picking Jeff Hardy and I'm losing against the Undertaker, I'm gonna get upset. So instead of blaming it, correct it, fix it, alternatives. That's what needs to happen. And on that note, with the sun, that's actually great advice as the sun goes down. It's kind of poetic, actually. But as always, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks Podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. And I'm Daniel Quinn. And I'm Jarrell Sell. We'll see you next week.